It's Mile High Magazine. Welcome in. And I am Murphy Houston. Happy Sunday. Hope you're staying safe. Maybe you've had your COVID shot already or it's coming up. We hope so. It looks like some good things down the road, but continue to wear your mask, socially separate, and of course, wash your hands. The rule that we've had all along here with the COVID-19. Today, I'm very excited to talk about a friend of mine who comes in every year, a couple times a year to visit, Sergeant Blake White, Public Affairs with the Colorado State Patrol. Sergeant White, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having us today. Well, are you staying safe yourself, wearing a mask and all that stuff we're supposed to do? I'm trying. I can I can tell you my hands are, are so dry right now from washing <laughs> constantly. They're just cracked. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing all the steps. Yeah, well, you guys have a tough road to, to go down. And I'll, we'll talk more about the changes and how it's affecting law enforcement with you guys. But I have to ask you right from the get-go because it's kind of a new topic, and I've had people ask me about it. I don't know why they're asking me because I'm curious about this new digital ID. What's that all? All about how's it work yeah so it's something that's really cool that uh, colorado implemented and you can actually check it out if you go to my colorado you can either google that you can uh, look for it in the app store it's both on apple as well as google um, but basically what it allows you to do is have your driver's license as a digital id on your phone that you can display now with that, there's a lot of places that are still kind of in the process of being able to implement it and use it. But the Colorado State Patrol is in a position where we can actually accept your digital ID. So we'll scan, uh, we'll give you a barcode that you can scan, and it'll securely transfer over your ID and your registration. We're working on the insurance. Um, transfer those documents to a portal for us where we can pull them without any contact. Wow, that's pretty it's cool. A, yeah, it's a really cool app. So, you know, it's one way, and some bars are starting to accept it, some some different places. Um, so it's, make sure you get it in advance. Don't try and, you know, if you get it stopped by a trooper, don't try and download it there. It's too late at that point. Um, <laughs> you still have to carry your actual physical documents at this point, but we're working toward that digital part. So where do we go again so we can start getting on that? Because I'm going to do this as soon as we're done talking here. Where do I go first? The easiest, yeah, the easiest way is just to look for My Colorado. Okay. And you can go to mycolorado.state.co.us. Or there's, a, like I said, go to the App Store and just search for My Colorado, and there's the app for it. And then just follow the directions. It's pretty easy, it sounds yep. like. It's very easy. I got it set up on my phone. I try and get everybody that I know set up. And I put my registration on there and my insurance, so... I'm all ready to go myself. Everything you could put down there, not just your driver's license? Yeah, so the registration, there's uh, if you get your card, there's a little code on the back, and you can it'll walk you through it and how to upload it. He said the insurance right now, we're working on being able to transfer that over right. so that that actually comes to our portal, but all of your documents, hopefully in the future here, are going to be uh, digitized. That's very cool. Technology. I'll tell you, during this crazy times in 2020, Sergeant, we've learned a lot and we've increased a lot of technology, haven't we? Oh, absolutely. And like I said, this is just this is one step that we've seen and, and State Patrol is kind of kind of leading this. And we're hoping most law enforcement, you know, follow suit as well. But uh, it's a pretty neat thing to see. Very good. I like that. Well, let's get into it now. Like so many of us out here, by the way, we're talking to Sergeant Blake White, Public Affairs of the Colorado State Patrol. How has the pandemic changed things for you guys and, and in law enforcement? I mean, it's it, it really has forced us to adapt in a lot of ways. I mean, we've seen varying traffic volume where, you know, during the height of the stay-at-home order where people were just really at home. And then the types of violations and kind of what people were doing, their whole behavior changed. But the crazy thing that we've seen is that crashes have still continued. Um, and that's that's a big concern for us, obviously. 
And why is that? I mean, in the beginning, I'm talking back in spring, everybody was hunkered down. Obviously, there was very little traffic. And even now, I mean, there's obviously more traffic. But why are there the same amount of accidents? Are people just driving faster because traffic is lighter? What's the cause? Well, I think it's really a mix. And unfortunately, we're still seeing, you know, some of our biggest reasons for these crashes are people not paying attention, driving impaired, going too fast. Um, maybe not yielding right away, and then in lane violations. So it's the same things that we typically see that people are still causing these things because they're out driving. And, you know, they may be overly confident with less vehicles on the road. I think that if you were, uh, you know, doing those grocery runs during that stay-at-home order, you probably saw some cars just flying around you. Yeah. Um, we really saw some high speeds during that time of a lot of a lot of citations and speeds of 20 or more over the speed limit. That was pretty common for us. Um, but unfortunately people were still crashing and, you know, they, they felt overly confident, but we, uh, we've still seen just as many fatalities this year as we did last year. And, uh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, it really is. And do you find now this part of 2020 is traffic still down? I mean, it's not down like it was in the spring, but is it usually, is it lighter than usual for this time of year? You know, I think it's still down, um, but we've definitely seen an increase. We don't have the maybe the rush hours that we were having before because of the nature of people's work and being more remote. But a lot of people have just started to get back out and get into more routines or travel more and and maybe spend some of that time just getting out of the house on the roadways. Um, So we have definitely seen an increase of it pretty steadily since the spring. Um, Obviously, that was during the height when it was really low. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious about this. Maybe it's just my imagination, but for this time of year, I mean, it's winter, but yet I seem to see a lot of motorcycles on the road. Is that true? Is it just my imagination? People are just saying, I'm getting on my motorcycle. I'm going for a ride. Well, I can tell you I'm a motorcycle rider, and I've been riding quite a bit, so I'm sure others are as well. Um, we've had, you know, Colorado, the nice thing is we, we get pretty good roads and weather year-round even when uh, when it's winter time, but because so many people are on their motorcycles and it may be stress relief, who knows? But we're seeing we've had about a, over a thirty percent increase in motorcycle fatalities in twenty twenty compared to wow. twenty nineteen. Thirty percent increase—that's unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's a lot of lives, and that's that's people that are getting out and maybe they're rusty on their motorcycle, maybe. Um, they're new to it, but we're just we're seeing a lot more of that, and so that's something that we're definitely keeping an eye on, and trying to figure out you know really what's causing that. But a thirty percent increase in that is is pretty significant. Yeah, it is. Well, you're right. People just need to get out and blow off a little steam, but maybe they're driving too fast doing that, huh? Yeah, some of it is uh, you know overconfidence. It's it's outriding the motorcycle. It's um, you know, a, a variety of factors. And some of it too is, you, you know, you expect it to be all the sport bikes, but it's, uh, it tends to be an older population. Maybe the, the Harley type rider, that type of motorcycle as opposed to the sport bike. We're just seeing some different things with it. And again, it may just be a stress relief for people, but we want them to do it safely. So, you know, what I say, wear your helmet, you know, ride safely, be careful of cars because it tends to be riders error on these fatalities, not so much of, of the vehicle drivers that are causing these. Is that right? I thought maybe it was less attentive from the drivers of cars looking for motorcycles. 
Yeah, we always educate drivers on that. You know, the the look twice campaigns and all these things of when you're going to make a turn, make sure there's not a motorcycle coming at you. And those are key things to keep those riders safe. But the investigations that we've had this year are showing the vast majority are rider responsibility. And it's either outriding it, it's it's simple things that um, that we're seeing on their part. Wow, be careful out there. Yeah, and I was also curious about road rage. I mean, that seems to always be a problem, but because of the COVID and people are just tensed up and stressed out, do you see more road rage now? Absolutely. Wow. I think I think, uh, I think people really got spoiled, you know, with not having anybody on the road, and then they start to get more traffic, and they're like, they get frustrated that there's actually cars on the road now. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I people are under a lot of stress this year. This has been a very trying year in many ways. And I think, unfortunately, the, some of those people are venting that stress on the roadways. So they're getting out and they're letting that out on other drivers. And we've, we really saw a lot of that. And hopefully, you know, that comes back down and, and people get a more sense of normalcy. Um, but we've definitely had a lot of issues with road rage. Well, what what do you advise drivers that encourage road rage? For whatever reason, somebody's on you and, you know, d- doing what they do to create road rage. What do you suggest? What should you do? Yeah, there's a couple things. And, and the biggest thing is separate yourself from that situation. Don't let it get under your skin, first of all. And I think that's that's the biggest thing is if you can just say, hey, that's not a big deal to me and get away from that other vehicle, whether you have to take an exit, whether you have to, you know, pull over, as long as they don't pull over with you, you can always call 911 if it's, you know, your concern for your safety. And you can always call star CSP 277 on your cell phone, and that goes right to our dispatch. And so we'll ask for some information. You can report that road rage, what's going on, but that's a great way for you to report it, but then not get involved in it because we, we want to keep you safe. We don't want to escalate the situation. So anything you can do to separate from it is the best and safest thing you can do. And, and what seems the biggest be the biggest cause for road rage? Is it uh, speeds? They're not driving fast enough. They're driving too fast. Lane changes without signals, all of the above. What do you think? The number one thing that we hear is people riding in the left lane. And I think that is, for the past couple years, that is people's biggest pet peeve. And if it's a posted 65 or above speed limit, that left lane is a passing lane, not a speeding lane, it is a passing lane. Um, And sometimes when you get vehicles going slow in the left lane, that is a huge problem for road rage for us. Um, Signals, all that are, are... Absolutely with that, but I would say that is our number one that we hear. You know, I think, and I understand that left lane problem, but I think to me, and I don't drive that much mainly on I-25, I'm mainly, you know, back roads, but people not signaling when they make a change, that seems to be kind of a big problem. Am I right about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's another top one for us, and and it really takes no effort. I mean, that, that turn signal stock is uh, takes one finger to push it, and it really doesn't take much work, and I think it creates more issues when you're not signaling, you just cut over, then that driver's caught off guard, then they get upset, and it escalates things. Just use those turn signals. It's it's so simple. And it's free. How about that? <laughs> it's free, right? <laughs> I mean, we've given out, I know State Patrol has given out coupons for free blinker fluid, and we've tried all kinds of things <laughs> to get people to use turn signals. 
Blinker fluid. Darn, give me some of that. That's a good, that's, that's a good idea. Uh, we're talking yeah. uh, with Sergeant Blake White, with public affairs with the Colorado State Patrol, and you guys have a tough job out there. And I still think one of the scariest is when you're pulling people over to the side of the road and people just go zooming by you, and we hear about, unfortunately, some accidents that result in that. What do you advise people? They come up on a situation where you guys have somebody pulled over for whatever reason, the lights are going. What's the word of advice that I see a lot of people not pay attention to? Well, great question, because that law has actually changed in 2020. And there has always been a move over law that if you see an emergency vehicle, you see a maintenance vehicle, I mean, CDOT, a tow truck on the side of the road, then you need to move over a lane if you can. And that's obviously dependent on traffic and, and conditions and everything. But if you can move over, move over. That is the number one priority. Now, if you can't, what they added into the law this year, it says if it's a 45-mile-an-hour zone or above, you have to slow by at least 20 miles an hour. Good advice there. And I think that's that's a great starting point. If it's below 40 for the speed limit, then you need to slow to 25 or less. Because of these numbers, we don't want it to be confusing. We always just say slow by at least 20 miles an hour, and then you're good under the letter of the law. But drive with caution through there, too. I mean, slowing down is one part, but that emergency responder may be across the road. The paramedics have to tend to somebody at a crash, and then they have to get across the roadway. So just be really attentive um, and know that there's a lot of things going on there. And they may not notice you or pay, being paying as much attention as they should. Um, so we really want drivers to, to help keep us safe while we're out there. Absolutely. Especially at night. That's where I think it would get really tricky. When it's dark out and you can't really see people moving around, it could be crazy. Yeah, and we added in, uh, we're getting these pretty cool lights out to our troopers as another safety measure. I wear one on my shoulder, and it flashes red and blue. And oh, it helps cool. kind of locate you know, where we're at so that you can see, again, if we're moving around and we're right ne- not right next to our vehicle, we have some more visibility as well. So we're trying to take those steps to improve our safety, but it all relies upon drivers paying attention and slowing down as well. As always. And before we wrap things up, another holiday is upon us. And, of course, you always worry about drinking and driving. What are you saying? Are you having uh, setups, DUI setups? Have, Have you seen more of that this year? What's going on with that? Here's what I'll say. We are always out looking for impaired drivers. No matter what, no matter if it's the holidays, anything, but around the holidays, we usually increase some DUI patrols um, because we know that with its whether it's gatherings or just, again, people trying to get out of their house and the holidays, the stress of it. Some people use um, substances as coping. So we know that uh, those crashes and those driving incidents may increase. So we are always going to be out looking for these. It has absolutely remained a consistent issue for us. Even during the height of COVID, we had... Uh, drivers under the influence of alcohol, drugs, that was still going on, even to the point where I I can tell you we had patrol cars hit by impaired drivers. So this was happening in the spring. It continues to happen no matter what, it seems. Well, the final words here, just be careful out there. Same for you, Sergeant Blake White, and all the men and women with the Colorado State Patrol. Wish them our best, and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And you guys be careful out there, will you? Yeah, we appreciate it, and thank you very much for having us again. Indeed. And don't go away. It's Mile High Magazine. I am Murphy Houston. Next up is our weekly visit with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health and what's happening with COVID in the state of Colorado.